Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Rolls again, he gets the edge, and he's brilliantly caught by Kawaja in the gully. Drops it at his toes and comes through for a single for the first time in the Australian summer. An Australian batsman gets the chance to kiss the bat. Head down the pitch, he drives, this could be it, he beats it off. The arm is in the air already. There's nothing quite like your first test century. The Renegades have proved that nothing is impossible. Bolden, he didn't play his job. This is Test Cricket. Covering cricket across Australia and right around the globe. This is Stumps with Bryce McGain and Jordan Cornelis. In the thick of the summer of cricket, the Test Series now winding to a close. It's probably dwindling to a close, to be honest, the way it's all sort of panned out. But it's been positive for Australia. The Big Bash season is uh, well into the thick of it as well. We've just about reached the halfway stage of that and there is still so much more on the cards over the next month or so of cricket and we'll have it all for you here on Stumps. Jordan Canellis with you. Bryce McGain with me again. Bryce, it's been a bit patchy, you and I, over the last few weeks. That's, my, that's on me. I was sick last week, but good to be back with you. It is indeed. Happy New Year to you and all our listeners. Uh, it's it's uh, a fire-ravaged country at the moment, all the yeah. way from South Australia, Victoria, New South Wales and uh, and all sorts of fires, additional fires to that through Central Australia as well. So um, quite a scary time. And, uh, you know, we, we, our, certainly our thoughts from everyone around the show uh, to the people out there who are who are struggling. And, mm. um, and you know, just our heartfelt condolences as well. And, you know, there's a lot of people volunteering and there's a lot of people, which is their job, um, facing the fires. And it's such an unpredictable thing. And, you know, ne- never I've followed so many wind changes and all that, uh, just w- yeah. with concern of people who live in country areas. So uh, certainly our thoughts are, are with them all. Makes you feel a bit helpless, doesn't it? It does indeed. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And and I, I have no doubt that that's exactly how some of the, the, the people in those communities feel as well because yeah. they, they want to help, but they, they just can't stop what is, you know, that these – uh, th- these fires are so big, uh, mm. they're so enormous. They're the biggest ones in the world that the, that have been around. We spoke about the, well, we didn't talk about it, but uh, th- th- there has been talk about you know the Californian fires. Th- these are these are you know hundred times bigger. Like it's just yeah. burning the whole country. Same with the the fires that were in Brazil. So you know there's nearly um, twelve million hectares of of fire ravaged areas. It's incredible and still hasn't stopped and now threatening a lot of homes and lives and very, very sad for the families that have been affected, certainly with uh, losing loved ones. We will chat about the cricket. This is a cricket show. Um, how uh, do you, have you heard or do you know of any uh, um, measures that cricket as a sport have taken to to try and help benefit those who are affected? Well, I think really positively, uh, sports stars have, have leveraged a bit of what they've done in Australia. And it was Nick Kyrgios, probably the first one who, who put his yeah. hand up as a tennis player, said, look, I'm, for every ace I serve, I'm going to donate $250. Mm-hmm. And that then extended into, uh, I think it was Chris Lynn, followed yes, up by Glenn right. Maxwell, followed by by Short nice as well. Short, yep. And and that then followed on with the ACA. The ACA uh, are making a, a donation. With The ACA is the Players Association in cricket. The Australian Cricketers Association, they've donated on behalf of all all past and present players uh, from their fund as well. Uh, so, um, it, look, just a great initiative all the way, you know, throughout, 
I guess everyone's feeling the same. They just feel helpless, but whatever they can do to help, there's been donations at other career clubs. My original career club, Mornington Career Club, that they had a drive and it, local businesses, the Harvey Norman are donating bedding. It's just mm. water was um, donated, bottles of water. So the, the whole club rooms were just chock-a-block full of donations. Everyone from the club and their their tribes all just gathered stuff together, clothing, um, just all the things in need where these people literally just walked out of their home with what they're wearing and because it's been such an emergency and, uh, you know, they, they need everything and, yeah. you know, all those things, toiletries, everything um, has just been donated. And so, and that's the thing with team sport. People really do rally around, even if it's not immediately for themselves, it's for the greater good of, of everyone else. And it's great to see sport and, and cricket doing the same. Yeah. I think the, uh, or the, the fact that my, my sister told me, uh, t- this morning, I think, was that $50 helps feed a family, yep. basically. So, And s- athletes and sporting bodies and people outside of that are donating so much more than $50. So of course. there is definitely a, a, a massive widespread effort to help in any way possible. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, of course, we don't want to um, j- just talk for an hour about the fires no. <laughs> because there's a lot of uh, more qualified people than us to do that. Oh, absolutely. But but while that is going on, it's interesting to see the test match with, with the smog in the background and cricket has been cancelled when there was fires around Canberra, in the Canberra area just a week ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, look, similar things are happening. The Melbourne city was covering uh, the smog and the haze from yesterday, Sydney's been similar. So it has had an impact on, on some of the games with, with even one cancelled, as I say. Yeah, there was a slight threat, I suppose, over the current test on at the moment, the SCG test, mm. which Australia has a, a firm grip on at the moment through the first innings. But um, good to see that the game did get underway and we are in full flight now over at the uh, what is the pink test as well. So another uh, charity gets mixed into this as well with the Jane McGrath Foundation, which is another fantastic initiative. But as of right now, a day or one day in and about a half a day through day two, actually, no, almost up to stumps, I should say, on day number two live at the moment. And uh, Australia, very good in the first innings. New Zealand, not a bad start, to be honest. They haven't lost a wicket yet for 60 runs as uh, we go to wear at the moment. But the first innings for Australia through the first day and a half was all about one man making a double ton. It was indeed uh, Marnus Labuschagne. The the the, the, the summer of Marnus, as it's been called, <laughs> has been it's just been incredible. He just can't stop making runs. Uh, you know, his plays and misses are, are just misses. There's no edges, and uh, uh, I'm not saying he's been fortunate because he's just batting with sublime concentration, and I think he he found the blueprint within himself, mm-hmm. and then he's just replicated it game after game after game in different conditions, bouncy conditions in Perth, then challenging conditions in Melbourne. And to be honest, the SCG wicket is an absolute flat road. Few are keeping down, but seriously, it is just a flat road. So um, he, he, he filled his boots once again. He just taking advantage of, of being in great form. And it's terrific to see that the the next one, we're so worried about, uh, well, who's going to bat at three, you know, and yeah. even back to... You know, Ricky Ponting hasn't played for a long time, but who replaces these guys? Who who replaces them at three? You know, what are we going to do? Well, the next guy will. That that's the bottom line all the time. You just got to give them the opportunity and 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 give them the confidence in themselves and yeah. and support them in the right way. And Manus is feeling all of that. And it goes back to the start of the summer where there was a Australia A game that was to be played against Pakistan A, and there was. Six of the batsmen were all fighting for spots in the team. They were all fighting. It had Will Pekoski who That's was right, in yeah. there. And then they had uh, Burns and uh, the Harris. Harris was and, absolutely. They had them all there. But they said to Marnus, no, no, 
you go and play state cricket, you're okay, your spot is confirmed. Yeah. And I think that went a long way to his mentality of belief in himself and the confidence that others have given him. So credit to the selectors in doing that and the coach, Justin Langer, because it's just little things like that security around players. Cricket's hard enough as it is. One mistake and it's all over. Um, but to feel valued and important mm. and um, to have that level of security as a player helps you thrive uh, endlessly. And uh, and he's certainly doing that. It's great to see. And as me personally, someone with no qualification at all in the sport of cricket, so as a cricket fan, yeah, there is a great relief, I suppose, as a cricket fan to have this have found this play because we know of the constant seeking of a number three batsman in the Australian team, and to finally have that have that player now is. It it's a it feels like a great luxury now because we haven't had it in such a long time since Ricky Ponting, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it, you know, we're, at some stages we we're thinking, oh, is it three openers? Is it uh, Kawaja there? But Kawaja yeah. bats best as an opener. What you know, what's the best spot? But I think we've worked it out now with Warner in, in pretty good form. He's been pretty consistent. A few forties. He's mm-hmm. obviously made the big triple century uh, earlier in the summer. But uh, and Steve Smith really not firing. But we're still able to post pretty good scores. But as as most. Uh, People who, who love the game of cricket and who truly understand it, you got to wait for both teams to bat on a wicket. And I'm just wondering whether Australia's 454 is a bit light on because New Zealand are, are making it look very, very easy. There's challenges out there yeah. with the new ball. There always will be. And, uh, and, and credit to Blundell. But I think his innings in Melbourne in the last innings where he made 100 – I think that's given them all enormous confidence. So it's at the moment, as we speak, none for 60 and uh, and moving along pretty well. It's Tom Latham, and he can bat for days if he wants to. Um, he, he's got a terrific record of that. He's on 24. Tom Blundell on 33. But I think the rest of them have got this enormous confidence. But as um, as you've probably got the list there, it's a very, very different lineup to what we saw in the previous two tests because they've all gone in crook. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so this illness has spread through the uh, the New Zealand team. So they're missing a lot of their heavy hitters, including uh, Kane Williamson f- first and foremost. But one of the best in the world. Yeah, yeah they're, they're two fast bowlers, Trent Bolts and uh, and Tim Southey, both out as well. Um, it's but as you said, I I, I wonder if the uh, if the Australian total is actually going to be enough because New Zealand are looking you know reasonably comfortable. They're batting out balls at the moment, so I haven't lost a wicket. They're none for sixty as we speak, with about what twenty minutes left in the uh, in the day, um, unless they go a bit further, which I don't think they will. Um, and and it is as you said, it's a flat it's a flat deck, so it's going to be true the ball as it comes through to the batsmen. So have Australia actually done enough in their in their batting innings, which is ridiculous to say when we've had a double centurion in minus Labuschagne. That's exactly right, and maybe there's a, there's a lot of growth through New Zealand here as well, because with the players who are out, Williamson, Nichols, Sat, uh, Santner as well, from a spin point of view, that's not, probably not a great loss. It probably needed a change there anyway, and yep. they, they have gone ahead with, with with making the changes there. But with Williamson out, um, maybe the others just realise just how important it is for them to raise their game just that little bit more and concentrate that bit more, not take a risk and know that Kane Williamson can bail us out once again. Um, he hasn't had the best time of it in Australia, but... Uh, it's certainly uh, over recent years, he's been absolutely sublime. So, look, I I just think it, it might be a real lifter for them. They've 
toiled away well. You can't knock Wagner the way he comes in the left arm quick. He's just been wholehearted and he, he's just kept going. Uh, they were thinking at Perth because he was charging in with so many overs and they had an injured bowler, but he just kept charging in. He bowled 60 overs for the, the test match. They went, well, we'll see how you're going in Sydney. I remember um, it was Matthew Wade saying that to him, a bit of a sledge back as he's wearing them on his body. He goes, well, we'll see if you're still doing it in Sydney. He's still doing it in Sydney, Wade. He, he's, he's going exceptionally well. And um, I love seeing competitors like that in any sport, but uh, he's certainly been a, a shining light. Even though he hasn't probably got all the rewards with the wickets, he's been a shining light for New Zealand. Underrated? Is he the most underrated, uh, one of the most underrated fast bowlers in world cricket? Yeah, wholehearted, but he's got skill. So he, he can hit the wicket hard, but yeah. he can reverse swing the ball. We saw a little bit of that late in the, the Australian innings. He mm. can reverse swing it. And then he's got this knuckleball that just drops out of nowhere. The, the batsman feel as if it's coming at head high and then it literally just falls out of the sky and, <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, drops off the table. As they say in baseball parlance, this knuckleball just drops like that. So he's got some skill and he goes around the wicket. He changes up with fields. I love the way that they've tried to work with tactics and challenge the Australian batsman's thinking. There's a lot to like about New Zealand. They've been outplayed and it's probably just been with the Australian bowling lineup against their batters. Yeah. But uh, there's a lot to like about them. I actually like the way that they go about the game, which is friendly but competitive. Yeah. I love that. Do you reckon they are – we might ask Dan Churney this afterwards as well. He's coming up in the next segment, Dan Churney from The Age in Melbourne, ahead of the uh, Melbourne Derby in the Big Bash tonight, the Stars and the Renegades. But um, I'll throw this to you first. Do you reckon the the Kiwis are a chance in their upcoming series against India where they have, I think, five uh, T20s, three ODIs and two tests? It's in New Zealand where they've just uh, – their previous series there, they they, they were, beat England. Yeah, they, they beat England. They did it comfortably over England. Yep. Um, would they give themselves a, a big chance against India at home? I think they will. I think they would have learned a lot when you play against teams that are really dominant. Um, and, and New Zealand are smart enough to do this. You, you learn so much about yourself, and you improve a lot. And as a team, they will. As individuals, they will. And and I think we're seeing that now in this this innings up in at the SCG, just on the back of a, a rookie opener's uh, hundred has given them all enormous confidence that we, we can do this. We can take we can take it to these guys and bat well. So uh, I think they'll do really well against India. They love their home conditions. No one yeah. plays better than yeah. anyone. Like it's nearly like it, it is in the subcontinent for India. Like they just thrive in their own home area. Yeah. And that's why they've been so good. That's why they're ranked number two in the world is the, their home series successes. This is Stumps, Jordan Canellis and Bryce McGain. Dan Churney on the way up next, he's uh, preparing to uh, cover the big bash game between the Stars and the Renegades, a grand final rematch from last season, but under very different circumstances this time with the Renegades winless through the first five games of their season and the Stars hovering around the finals positions, that top five, as it is this year. So we'll chat to him next. We'll also have a chat about a few other things happening in the big bash and in world cricket overall and then look ahead to what is coming up in the next week or so in the world of cricket. Stumps returning. Dan Churney up next. You're listening to Stumps, your weekly update for everything cricket. Welcome back to Stumps. Jordan Canellis and Bryce McGain with you, talking all things cricket, talking all things Australia and New Zealand, and also looking towards the Big Bash tonight, which uh, brings us the grand final rematch from last season, one of the most memorable grand finals that we've had through the first eight seasons of uh, the BBL. It's under different circumstances this time. It won't be, oh, who knows, it might be as competitive, but the Renegades certainly need to get a wriggle on after a very sluggish start to the season. Dan Churney from The Age is at the G. He'll be there covering the game tonight in Melbourne. He's joining us now on Stumps. Hello, Dan. How are you? 
Uh, good to be with you, Jordan. Bryce, happy new year. Happy New Year to you too. Um, firstly, before we get into the BBL, just your thoughts, I suppose. You watch a lot of cricket. Your thoughts on the Australia-New Zealand series so far and what we've seen so far through the first uh, two days in Sydney. Oh, well, I suppose it's, it's not... What is there to say? It's been uh, very one-sided, hasn't it? Uh, the Aussies are completely dominant. Um, a little bit of resistance at last shown by New Zealand with the bat, um, late this afternoon, but um, too little, too late. Uh, I think, as Jared Waitley put it on ICN um, the other day, you know, sort of all manner of calamity has befallen New Zealand. It's, it's sort of the, the nature, it's, it's uh, sort of the, the ch- checking every box on what, what can go wrong on an Australian tour, you know, <laughs> illness and injury. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, you love it. It's, 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 it is sort of um, uh, black humour, but it, it is like that. Um, you get, um, you know, illness and injury and lack of form and just um, guys just not... not um, adjusting to the conditions and sort of arriving too late, not having a tour match, sort of leaves you on the back foot. Um, you know, selection controversy there and yesterday with Southie and Henry. Um, even, you know, the replacements, get, you know, got, um, guys coming back, you know, Jet Ravalo, if you recall, after being dropped and then getting sick. So it's just been, you know, calling over Will Somerville um, for, uh, to, to play it is, um, at his home, his sort of old home ground. It's uh, It's been very one-sided, but I think Australia's... Um, Australia barely put a foot wrong, uh, you know. If, if and especially given Steve Smith hasn't dominated, I mean, he's, he's probably been edged in his battle by um, with with Neil Wagner, which has been probably the one who's been just about one shining light for New Zealand. But you know, a couple of good batting efforts here and there. But um, it's, uh, it's it's been um, you know, that's that's made Australia's performance a little more remarkable. And obviously, um, Manus Lubbershane, I think you know, it's, it's just uh, it, it, we run out of superlatives, don't we? It's just extraordinary to think. Um, how this guy's going, and now that he, you know, he moved ahead of ahead of Smith, um, the all-time Australian Test averages, he just couldn't have, wouldn't have picked it in a million years. But uh, here we are, January fourth, two thousand twenty, and now Marcus Shane stands behind uh, Don Bradman. <laughs> it's incredible, isn't it? He just can't stop making runs. We, we started that at the beginning of the show. It's quite incredible, Dan. But look, the Australian team looked pretty complete. It, it's. Uh, Probably six months ago, we were a bit unsure about where we stood just before the Ashes. What's our best team? We're not too sure, but we've really given opportunity to players like Marnus, and then our bowling attack is, is, is world class. It's as good as it gets. Yeah, no, it, um, you're right, Bryce. Uh, I mean, especially in Australian conditions now that, um, especially with Smith and Warner back and Marnus having sort of established himself the, bat, the batting issue, admittedly not against um, quality, an attack the calibre of the one. That we we saw last summer against India, but um, nevertheless, that um, Warner, Labuschagne, and and, um, and to a say to a lesser extent, Smith have, have, have batted well this summer, and, and then obviously you got the the, um, the the nice cameo from Head in, in Melbourne, and, and um, I mean Joe Burns and Matthew Wade haven't probably set the world on fire, but haven't been complete flops either. So in terms of and then Tim Payne made runs down the order. So in terms of a batting lineup, you know it's it's. You couldn't ask for too much more, really. Um, which, given the struggles that they had over the previous two years, um, even when even when Smith and Warner were playing, that they were they were still susceptible before the bounds. They were still susceptible to um, to some serious collapses. So it's been, um, yeah. You can only play the opposition you're up against, and in the bowling, you're, you're right. Um, I mean, the way Mitchell Starks bounced back from his his uh, difficult time in England, um, Pat Cummins clearly just outstanding. Um, Josh Hazelwood, very very solid, and, and you know then he goes down, and you get a, a fresh James Pattinson who comes <laughs> and fires up in Melbourne, and um, and Nathan Lyon all the while sort of just sort of flying under the radar. Australia's greatest ever 
ever off spinner. So um, no, there's there's not much to complain about really from an Australian perspective. They've uh, they've barely put a foot, foot wrong all summer, and uh, you know there'll be bigger tests to come. But you can only beat who you're playing. And New Zealand came here as the second ranked test nation in the world, and and uh, truth be told, they've been pantsed. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Look, the, the bit of a break for the test matches. Uh, our next test series is in June, I believe, uh, against Bangladesh. Is that right? Yes, I think that's that's correct. Yeah. Um, the, a, couple, a couple of tests in Bangladesh, where they, they uh, Australia did oh. actually play not that not that long ago. Just uh, less than it'll be less than three years between those series. It was just one of the quirks of the of the various future tours programs. I think sort of one one was towards the end of the of the last FTP when Australia hadn't actually played in Bangladesh for 11 years before that. And then uh, they had one series cancelled because of security concerns. And then um, they're coming back there in, inside three years. But uh, the, the last, I was fortunate enough actually to cover that series in Bangladesh in 2017. It was one of, it was really, floated probably a bit under the radar. It was um, in August and, and around uh, footy, uh, late, late, you know, footy season and, and heading into the finals. But it was a grouping test series. Uh, one all, uh, Australia lost a classic test in, in Parker and then, then bounced back in Chittagong in um in a match in which the Aussies played in really um, extremely yeah. adverse conditions, uh, you know, oppressive heat. So uh, I think it'll be a good test. Uh, obviously, Bangladesh hurt by the, the 12 month suspension to Shakir last time, which is um, which does you know is, is a huge dent to their chance to their chances. But um, yeah, I mean, we've got a little while to worry about yeah. that. And I suppose the, the, it'll be interesting to see how much. From a selection perspective, whether they go back to whether a guy like Burns, and maybe to a lesser extent Wade, I think the other four are clearly locked in. But I think Burns and Wade, in terms of the top six, probably the two that are most vulnerable. And have they done enough on the basis of their international form, or will they need to make compelling cases still in the back half of the Shield season and over over and above some of the some of the challenges for their Test spots? You know, whether it's a Marcus Harris can come out and make a lot more run, you know, bounce back and make runs in the Shield, a Cameron Bancroft. Um, Matt Renshaw's dropped off the face of the earth a little bit from a red ball perspective, but um, you know he's, he's uh, you know he's still proving himself to be a, a capable Test player. Uh, Pukowski and Maddinson, these guys, Curtis Patterson, um, it's hard to believe it's you know less than twelve months since he burst onto the Test scene so well. Mm-hmm. So um, look, they're probably good issues for Australia to have, and then you've got you know whether they the all rounders, um, whether it's a Mitch Marsh who, if he can get fit again, does, does he and an Ashton Agar perhaps. Are they in the frame? Uh, and then obviously they're going to look at Swepson. You'd imagine will almost certainly go on that tour. And I'd imagine they'll probably take a third spinner as well with Agar probably in the box seat there as the spinning all-rounder. Hey, Dan, uh, you're at the MCG for the Big Bash clash tonight between the Stars and the Renegades. You wrote a story uh, in The Age yesterday, which uh, went around on the uh, on the Fairfax websites, about the uh, the new world of, of Victorian cricket and how... The um, the ownership structure of uh, of the stars and the renegades pretty much from the start of the big bash was different to how they did it over in uh, up in Sydney with their uh, two teams up there. Um, tell us a bit about the the premise of of the story and, and sort of what you mean about the the the, the difference now and, and how the the rivalry is a bit different or how it's grown I suppose between the stars and the renegades. Yeah, it, um, it's a bit of a backroom sort of story. Um, it's, it's not one that. Um, you know, for people who just sort of drift in and out of the, of the Big Bash um, when it comes around, would probably be um, too across or necessarily care that much about. Um, but uh, it, it happened in May. Again, it sort of again floated under the radar in Melbourne because it was uh, against the backdrop of, uh, A, the Cricket World Cup was happening in England. So all sort of the world's cricket eyes were set there. Plus, obviously, you had the, the footy season going on, which obviously takes up a lot of attention there. But the Cricket Victoria, um, they, uh, they got rid of both clubs 
um, boards, the Stars and the Renegades, and the C and the respective CEOs, Clint Cooper from the Stars and Stuart Coventry from the Renegades, um, and brought them back, brought the uh, power sort of back in house. Um, since the the, the uh, ultimately the Cricket Victoria's board now runs both clubs, uh, and um, there, there are no CEOs for either team. You've got a you've got internal heads, Cricket Victoria, who oversee both teams from a, a from a cricket operations perspective and, and B from a commercial and marketing perspective, and then, and then it sort of goes down towards um, cricket, uh, you know, there are cricket operation staff, staffs at both uh, at um, staff at both clubs, uh, coaches, list managers, assistant coaches, uh, you know, physios, etc. So uh, it's it's one that sort of um, got people talking quite a bit in cricket circles, um, particularly Victorian cricket circles. Uh, it's fair to say that the views um, from the people I've been speaking to that they're mixed. Um, some have seen it as a breath of fresh air, perhaps just to take away a little bit of the um, the pressure that might come from boards um, uh, has, has probably helped a little bit. Um, around, certainly, there's one view that might have helped early days um, uh, for, for some of the cricket staff. But then, by the same token, um, the delineation of responsibility um, perhaps not as clear as it had been. Um, staff a bit more stretched. Um, so, I mean, you had the high-profile people like Eddie McGuire and Jason Dunstall who've been. The respective uh, chairman of, of, of chairs of their clubs. So um, these are pretty high-powered people who are no longer involved. Um, the proof will be in the pudding, really. But uh, it, it's sort of it makes for a, a sort of interesting backdrop ahead of tonight's match, which obviously, as you touched on, at, at um, not long just, just earlier comes as the first meeting between the clubs since last summer's extraordinary final, which um, really I. I Oh, I dare say it's one of the most amazing, probably the most amazing sports match I've ever seen. It was um, quite amazing, wasn't it? The the, the yeah. stars had it all in the bag, and then suddenly the renegades from nowhere. Yeah, no, you're right, Bryce. It was sort of in, in really in oh, half an hour, or even less, just completely flipped on its head. It was about the space of five overs. Um, stars, you know, they were none down for uh, top of my head. It was about none for ninety, chasing 145 or something like that, and um, but they weren't quite going at a, at a the clip that they had completely had it in the bag, uh, or sort of legislated against a collapse. And still, you no one, no one could have seen it coming, really. And then suddenly, one wicket fell, two wicket fell, and then the stars fell in the hole. And by the end, the renegades almost did it easily. So the um, renegades they, they run, they run quite comfortably. Yeah, the the renegades this season though, a different coach, uh, and it's been a real challenge uh, for Michael Klinger. Uh, starting his coaching career with the Renegades, coaching the, the former champions, and they, they're yet to have a win. Uh, w- what does it look like for tonight? Because the Stars are on top. It's top versus bottom, and uh, it's a real challenge for the Renegades. It's do or die now. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty fair assessment, Bryce. I mean, he's a bit of a hiding to nothing, I suppose you could say, um, Michael Klinger, when you, when you take over as the coach of the the defending champions, there's, there's, there's not much improvement to, left to go. You know, the only way, I got, only way is, is down, I suppose, in some respect, or obviously stay at the top. But uh, he, um, I mean, he, he surely wouldn't have anticipated such a dramatic fall to lose five in a row. Um, and they are, um, they're in all, all sorts, the renegades. I mean, they haven't been, they haven't been completely smashed, uh, which is um, probably a, a good sign. It's not like they're absolutely being, you know, pummeled every game they play, but they're, as Aaron Finch said after the loss to the Sydney Sixers on yep. um, Thursday night at, at Marvel Stadium, they um, they're just losing in two or three overs a match, and some of the moments that sort of came off last year, I feel, are just not not coming off this year. I think those, um, I mean, the, 
guys aren't going on with school. It's, um, you know, Finch himself has made a couple of 50s, Sean Marsh made a 50 against the Scorchers, but they're not going on with it. Uh, you know, drop catches, missed runouts, little, you know, little missed fields. Um, the bowling, Kane Richardson's been outstanding. Cameron Boyce has been solid again, but um, Dan Christian hasn't performed like he, had, like he did last year. And then, uh, unfortunately, um, uh, Richard Gleeson, who's come in as... Um, uh, as one of their imports from England uh, as a death bowler, just hasn't looked up to it to this stage of the season. And been taken apart. Been a, yeah, he has. He's been a bit of a liability. He was a bit better like, you know, but even then, he, you know, he went for a six in, in the final over, which um, you know, effectively ensured the match was going to, uh, the way this went the way the sixes. So, yeah, um, they've got Harry Gurney um, due back tonight, having missed... Uh, he, he, too, hasn't had a great start this season. after performing very well. In their, in their title win last year, but um, he's back from his brother's wedding, he used to game back to England for, for that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, time is, is running out for them. They're, they're 0 and 5. They're helped by the fact that a, the season goes for 14 games now, like it did last year, second season of that 400 away campaign, and also the fact that there are now five teams out of eight that make the finals. So there is a little bit more breathing space, and they could probably sneak in with, say, six wins and, and, a, and a moderate uh, net run rate would probably do it. So they probably need to win at least six of their last nine, which is not completely impossible. And there's, uh, there's enough talent in that team, but they are going to lose Finch and Kane Richardson to um, international duties. And, and then uh, also a couple of guys um, who haven't been playing, uh, uh, to, to be fair, in um, Fraser McGurk and, and um, Mackenzie Harvey to Australian under-19 duties. So uh, they're, they're up against it, the Renegades, and uh, yeah, they arrive here against the Stars team. It's, um, it's flying, as you said, top of the table. Lost just the, lost just the one game. Um, very well balanced. Uh, spoil for Richard, you know, sport for choice. You know, they, they, they're able to leave out the, the red hot Harris Ralph um, to bring back Sandy Lamachane. Um, so that they're, they're going great guns for stars, and uh, you know, nothing will, um, will avenge for last. Uh, will, uh, it won't be vengeance for last something's final because that, that's a that's a final, and you know, there's, there's nothing like it. But um, you know, they can really. Uh, really tighten the screws on the Renegade season with, with a win here tonight at the MCG. Yeah, no doubt about that. And re- the big blow to the Renegades, as you mentioned, is is Kane Richardson. He's their leading wicket-taker and uh, Aaron Finch, who's their second run scorer, although he hasn't set things on fire. They're both out uh, from the next mm. game. One of the sides that really interests me, and this is a bit of a broader view rather than tonight's game, Brisbane Heat. They just seem to be finding a bit of touch. They, they belted the ball around the park down... Uh, in Tassie last night, and they looked to found their mojo on the back of a Darren Lehman spray, I understand. Uh, but with someone <laughs> like an AB de Villiers coming back into that lineup, suddenly things look very, very different. Yeah, I mean, they're such a hot and cold team, the Heat, and they really have been for a few years now. Um, their best is sort of is unstoppable. I mean, there's such firepower, would be no at the top of the order. Um, I mean, when, when they had Brennan McCullum, but you know, now, now they've obviously Chris Lynn. Um, you know Ben Cutting, Max Bryant, uh, and the like, and, and um, Tom Banton, who's coming from England, has shown a bit of that. He's going to be replaced by Tavillias, but um, there is a heap of heap of talent there uh, when it all comes together. But um, their worst, as we saw the other night on the Gold Coast, is very poor. So the challenge for them, as it has been for a while now, will be to string some consistent performances together. But then, but that is sort of the nature of this big bash. Um, there is is quite a you know. 2020 cricket uh, can be erratic. I think the salary cap means that the, the talent is very evenly spread across the teams. Um, it probably says it all that the Renegades who are the reigning champions are, are at the bottom of the table team uh, this year with, without much having changed. 
and really, you know, it's not like they were absolutely blowing teams off the park last year. So that they were getting by in a lot of close games and, and um, sort of scrapping their way to wins on the back of bits and pieces of performance of the Renegades. So uh, the, the broader point here is that it is a very even competition. There's, there's not much between any of the teams. And I, I think it's still very, very much wide open. The Heat, um, because of their firepower, that they have to be, um, you know, considered, um, and they're not going to lose. Lynn, who's not in the Australian um, white ball setup anymore, uh, they're going to keep him. So they'll be dangerous and they've got, they'll get James Pattinson as well. So, um, that they uh, they're a team team clearly to watch, but um, uh, not necessarily any more than than half a dozen other teams because um, yeah, as I said, it is you can probably really throw a blanket mm. over over most of this competition. Dan, thank you very much for joining us uh, this evening on Stumps. We'll talk to you very soon again, I'm sure, throughout the uh, rest of the cricket and Big Bash season. Enjoy the derby tonight at the G. Pleasure, guys. Have a good one. Cheers, Dan. Dan Journey there from the age in Melbourne uh, getting ready to cover the Stars v Renegades grand final clash the first time these sides meet in this Big Bash season. This is Stumps, Jordan Canellis and Bryce McGain with you. Off the back of that we'll chat a bit about the Big Bash up next and the uh, some of the controversy from during the week about Harris Ralph in, in the game the other day against the Sydney Thunder as well as some other fascinating cricket topics that were raised throughout the week. Stumps returns next. You're listening to Stumps, your weekly update for everything cricket. Welcome back to Stumps, Jordan Canellis and Bryce McGain. I saw a tweet uh, just a moment ago, Bryce, from uh, resident Twitter cricket funny man Dan Liebke, yep. who said uh, people should stop referring to Steve Smith as the best since Brad- Bradman and start referring to him as the best between Bradman and Marnus. <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot. Uh, Marnus has been unbelievable. The runs that he's scored, it, it's quite extraordinary. Over 800 runs for the summer. Yeah, it's incredible. I, did, I sort of didn't really um, sink in how many how many runs he had scored, but he made you know almost two 150s back-to-back, another century now, and now a double ton. And you go, wow, that 800-odd and odd, odd runs in the space of uh, not even five completed test matches is insane. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, and he just keeps going from strength to strength. He just understands the blueprint and he just keeps repeating it. It's really, really good to see. Um, Just off the back of Dan Cherney from before, great to have him with us here on Stumps. Um, The stars tonight will be without Harris Ralph, who is uh, what's third overall on the the, uh, Big Bash League wicket takers for the season with 10. 10. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, just Abbott ahead with 11 and Daniel Sams. He's a clever T20 bowler. I like him a lot. He's on 12 wickets. Brilliant player for the Thunder. Popped up last season, Dan Sams, and has been one of the stars now. Um, what did you make of Harris Ralph during the week against the Thunder? Yeah. Uh, his throat slit celebration. Oh, look, I think it's way, way over the top. I, I really think it, it's it's nearly a disrespectful. It's great to play sport competitively, but as a, a to to mimic those type of things, I guess uh, I, I was probably as a kid when uh, I think it might have been in a, in a football context, and Kevin Sheedy did it once to one of the players. The Essendon players were getting beaten up a bit, and he gave that. That, that same signal with the thumb across the throat and pointed out to some opposition players. At the time, I thought, oh, that's just competitive. But but I, maybe times have changed for me. Uh, times have just changed. And um, I, I think now that was just over the top. Like, it's good to be competitive. But yeah. what about you? What do you think? I, I mean, maybe I'm not grasping the full gravity of the of the signal. But I don't I, – I'm not saying it's a good thing. I just don't think it's overly bad. I probably couldn't care less about it. I just – I don't think it's – I don't. I, athletes say worse things to each other out in the field than 
than sort of the equivalent of a, of that motion. I mean, there's probably horrific things that the athletes say. You would probably know, being a former athlete yourself. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, can, it can happen. Yeah. 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 Uh, I just, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't really, I don't think it's that bad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Look, I, I just think it's a bad look and, and you know, big bash is based around families. Oh, I'm just, I'm not sure. I wouldn't like to see yeah. young kids going, oh, well, he's the, the Pakistan quick and you know, he, oh, look, he, he does it. So it's all okay. So hopefully at the Woolworths blast on the weekend, uh, coming up, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's not 15 kids running around <laughs> do, doing that when they get their first week. But what's it, what's it going to incite though? It's not gonna. It's not gonna turn kids violent. No, true. It's it's not gonna do that. What would it do? I, I think it's a bad look. I just don't like the look of it. I, you know, it's a bit over the top as a celebration rather than ex, being excited. It's more against the opposition. It's more of a negative mm-hmm. towards you. You know, I've, I've I've cut you down or whatever it is, rather than hey, I'm happy. I've got a wicket and I celebrate with my team. I, I guess I'm more focused on insular within the team rather than yeah. pointing out at the opposition. But, uh, yeah, hopefully it, uh, hopefully there's coaches from Woolworths Blast that aren't going, oh, no, I hadn't thought of that. Oh, geez, I'm going to be stressing <laughs> about that. Don't worry. I'm sure they won't follow on in that behaviour. Um, one of the other things that, that came up across my desk, um, and it does often, I follow Shane Warne quite a lot, and he's quite entertaining on Twitter. One of the things he came up with leading into this Sydney test was him talking about uh, the spinner's position and saying that maybe Nathan Lyon needs to step aside Oh yeah, to allow Mitchell Swepson, who has yet to play a test. He's a leg spinner and, and the favourite of Shane Warne at the moment, that, that must be said, mm-hmm. uh, to maybe have a go. And Nathan Lyon just clipped him straight back when he was asked the question <laughs> by the press. He said, well, he wouldn't have done that for Stuart McGill. You know, he wouldn't have done that for anyone else. Uh, yep. You know, why would I be doing that for Australia? Um, and, and this is from the player who in the last decade has taken the most wickets for Australia, 360-odd test wickets, uh, yeah. it, it third in the world in the last decade. Why would he step aside to let Mitchell Swepson in and then – Shane Wong followed it up, and he has done over the test when they've sort of ribbed him a bit and, and driven into him and said, oh, it's been overplayed, it's been over the top. What do you think? Should should a star go, hey, look, step aside, we'll give this young kid a little go and we'll, we'll see what's happening? Uh, and I don't mean that rudely about Mitchell Swepson. and he's not a little kid, but a, a rookie ago when a star is doing pretty well. So so what do I think about Shane Warne's comments or just the general yeah, notion of yeah. doing that? Well, both. Uh, well, I think Shane Warne is – I mean, everyone's entitled to their opinion. So if that's what he wants to see, that you know, who's gonna, who's gonna, uh, you know, that's his opinion, I suppose, yep. um, about the actual action happening. So if the cricket Australia were and the coaches were to actually, you know, I, I don't know. Imagine if Warney was a selector and it happened. Yeah, <laughs> and know, Nathan yeah. Lyon goes, "What? What's going on? What have I done wrong? I've got ten years of the best form of." If any yeah. any bowler in Australia, I, I I definitely lean towards keep Nathan Lyon in the team. If yeah. you want to bring Mitch Swepson in because you know it's a spinning wicket, mm. then do that. But I, yeah, I, I, it kind of it, I don't know. Maybe does it demean the the status of the Test match if you start if you go oh let's play our B team? And that was that was the interesting point. So a lot of the players, the, the commentators, they're past players, and we get that. That's what they were saying is that well you, you got to earn one. You don't get yeah. in there. You don't get in there just by oh, look, we'll, we'll give him you know a rotation and do those type of things. Mm. Australia flirted with that a little bit, obviously, with their fast bowlers in in, in looking to a mechanism to keep them healthy. That's yeah. really what that was about. There's a different thing. Test cricket, more than anything, is is not a it's it's not a an arena or a platform to just try players out. 
this is the this is the end game. This is the final destination. Yeah, it's not. That's oh, let's just flitter flitter players in and out because we want to try a few different things and we want to set. No, no, Test cricket is that's it's the be all and end all of cricket. Yeah. So you don't just you know not just throwing opportunities out like it's scrap food. And, and does that account? And is your thinking still the same in a dead rubber? Like a, a, for the series, it's a dead rubber. Yeah. Every test counts to the overall test rankings now, the ICC test that rankings. That is true. So every test counts. So there's no, there's fundamentally no dead rubbers now. Every team, to, if they want to finish in, in two years' time on the top of the table, they're going to need to keep winning tests. Yeah. Uh, may, maybe maybe there's slightly less slightly less importance on, on a dead rubber match. So maybe if there is a position up for grabs or if there is a player who is not performing well, uh up to that point and you want to try something new, then you can. But yeah. I think just in generally, in general, probably not as much. So yeah, I th- I'm, I'm sort of more tilting on the side of Nathan Lyon and what he's, his response was, which I, I liked it as well. Flipping it back on, on Shane Warne. Uh, we'll take a quick break here on Stumps. We'll come back. I know you want to talk about Mark Wall's comments during the week, which will finish the show on here. Stumps coming back. Bryce McGain, Jordan Canellis wrapping things up. You're listening to Stumps, your weekly update for everything cricket. Welcome back. Wrapping things up on Stumps, Jordan Canellis and Bryce McGain. Bryce, you came across a uh, fascinating hot take from one of Australia's greatest players during the week. Yeah, it was. Mark War, and we've gone with Warn Warnie, uh, uh, with, with Warnie and Mark War. Here we go. Um, but well, his point was that a batsman shouldn't be able to get any runs and the team shouldn't get any runs from a leg by. He's saying abolish leg buys. You know, the umpire doesn't have to make a decision between if they're evasive action or not. And there was a few of those instances in Melbourne. Um, but also his, his point being, oh, well, I've got a bat. If you don't hit it, well, you don't run. You don't get mm. a run. It's you, you can't score an extra run off that. To yeah. which uh, Michael Vaughan said, oh, what absolute rubbish uh, in there. You can't do that. <laughs> and he said, why not? Why can't you? Do? Well, it's a tradition of cricket and what have you. But I think it's got some merit. I, I really do. Uh, the question was also asked about buys, and and Mark Wall said, no, no, that's a different thing altogether. That's, that's a field of missing the ball. That's not anything to do with the batsman. Yeah, but a leg buy, if you don't hit it off your bat – you can't get a run. I think it's got some merit. Yeah, leg- it's, it's different. Oh, I get it. But it, you have to. You'd have to incorporate buys and overthrows into that. I mean, wouldn't they all fall under a similar banner? Yeah, but it's a, they do. They come under extras, but no leg buys. If you don't hit the ball, well, you don't run. And they then check and see. Well, if you're trying to sneak a run and you haven't hit it, well, it doesn't count. But you can still be run out. It's like being run out if you don't play a shot and kick the ball away. Yeah, and yeah, you choose yeah. to run. But clearly, it's not going to be a run. They let it play out. So, so a buy would be more of a of a, a fielding team error, yes, which allows you runs, yes. Whereas leg buys, because it's essentially closer to the bat, if you don't offer a shot, you shouldn't be rewarded runs for it. That's right. But even if you do have a shot okay. and you miss it, then that can happen as well. Anyway, right. just an interesting. So, would you, do you agree with Mark Wall? Should we abolish leg buys? I don't mind opening the discussion. Yeah, I haven't I, I thought of every possibility. I haven't. There's, there's some people now immediately going. This is exactly the, <laughs> the two, three cases that I haven't thought of. But I don't mind the discussion. I, I don't mind yeah, it at I, all. I actually, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I, I don't mind it. Another test match going on around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, South Africa playing England. Uh, England nine for two six two overnight. They'll resume later on tonight. Uh, South Africa doing pretty well there. Who wins in Sydney? Well, I think Australia's firepower is going to show that, but it's great to see New Zealand do play with some fight. And as I said early on, I love the way they play. All right. 
We'll see you throughout the week and we'll resume. We'll rendezvous again this time next week. Bryce, pleasure. Terrific, Jordan. Have a great evening. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91